Today, on The Buckle Bomb Show, John Moxley shockingly defeats CM Punk to become AEW champion, Eddie Kingston pie faces Sammy Guevara, Thunder Rosa unable to compete at All Out, and Jeff Jarrett gets replaced by his roadie. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Buckle Bomb Show here at Bomb Media Productions. My name is Bobby and I'm so happy to be here to talk professional wrestling with you once again. I am joined as always by my broadcast partner, the grizzly villain himself, Anthony Rohn. Tony, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Bobby. I'm looking forward to another wonderful ride through what is this wacky world of professional wrestling. Yeah, quite the week of news we've got to talk about. We're a little bit late today, but we will still get all our stuff to you. Uh, We'll jump right into it with our first topic of the day, which is, of course, the big news, the shocking news. John Moxley is our undisputed AEW world champion. This kind of came out of nowhere. We expected a, a competitive match between the two. Uh, with probably CM Punk coming out on top at the end. But instead, we've got a very quick match with uh, Punk roundhouse kicking Moxley, uh, then going down to grab his plant foot like he uh, re-injured his foot. Um, After that, uh, Moxley, with a couple of quick moves, would pin Punk clean in the middle of the ring as Punk would get carried out by his trainer, Ace Steel. Uh, a lot of people, of course, thought this might be a shoot, but it, it isn't. It, it is a work. But, uh, Tony, uh, what do you make of this and of John Moxley as your AEW World Champion? And where do you see uh, things going for All Out? Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm still not 100% convinced that this is a work. Uh, like I was texting with you when Punk jumped off that top rope and landed, it kind of looked like it hurt him a little bit, made him walk a little bit more tenderly. However, this is professional wrestling. There's a good chance that this isn't a shoot at all. Who really knows? As far as the match, unless you're building to something bigger, it was the most what-the-fuck head-scratching match of the, what I thought was a genuinely great dynamite card. Um, now, as far as John Moxley being your new AEW Undisputed Champion, I have no problems with that. It's very well documented how I feel about John Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club. So uh, I'm just curious to see about where we go from here and what's happening going into All Out. There's so many variables and so many names that can be thrown into the ring. Maybe a few people coming back that we haven't seen on TV in a while. So uh, this builds more questions, I think, than it does answers. Well, I think that's the point. And as I said, I'm, I'm convinced that this is a work. That there's there's no way that this is a shoot. But, you know, and of course, a lot of people are going, oh, what the hell? What the hell is that? You know, but let's face it. If they had a 20, 25 minute uh, match that was fantastic, five star match, how much would we really be talking about it right now? It's what we expected. This was out of left field. It was a surprise. 
quite frankly, we need a little bit more of this in wrestling, I think, these days, especially on the AEW side. It's And it does create all this intrigue going into All Out. And the fact that we all were kind of questioning that some people who are normally very knowledgeable at wrestling are going... Yeah, it was a work probably, but I mean, could maybe maybe it is a shoot. Maybe Punk really did hurt himself. You know, obviously with the layout of the show, that they immediately had uh, interviews backstage right after, and all this stuff set up. They they it was a it was a work. They knew that that segment and that match was only going to last that long. If you know how TV works and all that, and how how all the setup works, but still, the fact that it creates this doubt is exactly what you want. That's what's going to sell tickets. Now, where does this go for All Out is the big question. You know, do we get... The, the rumor is we get, we're get we getting uh, a rematch, Punk and Moxley, which I think is great because we all know how Punk will uh, be cheered in Chicago. And this is going to make him, quite frankly, huge babyface, where the Blackpool Combat Club are kind of babyface tweeners sometimes and we all know Brian Danielson's been you know he's been a heel and a babyface and he's kind of flip-flopped back and forth a few times already in AEW Punk's not getting booed in Chicago I don't care how many Moxley fans end up in that building they're gonna get drowned out uh for sure and this is gonna give him that sympathy card and that underdog card going into his hometown uh, that will he or won't he overcome uh, if that's the direction they are, in fact, going with a Punk Moxley rematch. Yeah, with no questions asked, CM Punk getting booed in Chicago is like Michael Jordan when he came back with the Wizards. You would expect, you know, all the boos in the world because that man literally left your home city team and he came back to nothing but cheers. Mm -hmm. Uh, CM Punk, Second City Saint for a reason, man. So, for any inkling of an idea that CM Punk's going to get booed in Chicago, and again, this isn't like Colt Cabana, no offense to him, I know he plays into a different part of the CM Punk story, but if you did Punk versus Cabana in Chicago, the screams for Punk are going to be a thousand times loud. Sure. Just... That's that's name recognition alone on that for the most. Well, you put Punk and anybody in Chicago, and they're they're gonna go nuts. Uh, it's it's Bret Hart in in Canada. It's it's maybe even bigger than that. There is no real wrestling hometown crowd like Punk in Chicago. I think. And well, here's the uh, interesting time travel Booker position. Okay. Who gets a bigger pop in Chicago? CM Punk today, 80s Hulk Hogan. I mean, I, I would still go Punk, but I mean, it's hard to beat the pops that Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin were getting. I mean, Chicago is a great wrestling town. You know, they were getting those kind of pops just about anywhere they went, especially Stone Cold. But, you know, I would still give the edge to Punk a little bit. Especially, obviously, in the big situations like Money in the Bank 2011, you know, and his big comeback and rampage last year. 
And now we'll have this all-out card, which is going to be fantastic. A lot of good stuff on this card uh, that we'll be talking about uh, next week. So, all right. Anything else you wanted to add to this discussion? Uh, no, just, you know, I think this is going to make Dynamite more intriguing this week. Yes. Um, this is, of course, the go-home Dynamite. Um, and when you think go-home shows for wrestling, doesn't matter what company it is you're not expecting a lot of in-ring action you're looking for the last nail in the coffin for that storyline heading in to the big payoff at the pay-per-view so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this week where punk's head is could this potentially get turned into a triple threat or fatal four-way match well you know, anything's possible at this point. I don't know shit anymore. The rule book has been thrown out the window when it comes to professional wrestling in 2022. Yeah, okay? and that's that's insanely exciting. Uh, another note here, you and I, I had messaged this to you as well when we were talking about this. Uh, WWE had kind of started to turn the tide as far as the, the news and the water cooler talk. Everyone was excited with Vince gone, how Triple H is running things, and that was sort of... That was really all the talk the water cooler talk was all about that and AEW had kind of been pushed to the side you know WWE was sort of dominating that and then now this this controversy and with Paige and then this match and you know what we're about to talk about with Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara I think has really sort of flipped it back to AEW is dominating the water cooler talk, um, which is what AEW wants. Yeah. Yes, but not for the right reasons. You know, back in the day, Eric Bischoff said best, controversy creates cash, right? But when you look at certain types of drama, for example, you have the diehard WWE fans that will never want anything to do with AEW, Screaming from the mountaintops, we told you so when it comes to CM Punk. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is right now. And then you have another, you know, no pun intended, black eye on AEW with the Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara thing. A lot of other shit plays into that, which we'll talk about. We can go ahead and talk about it right now, yeah. But if I own a company, being having negative people are talking about me isn't exactly something I want. So they're going to have to pull out something major at all out to get the tide of opinion to change in their favor. All right. Yeah, we were uh, bringing it up there at the end of that segment. Uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, if you're wondering where he had been for a couple of weeks, he wasn't appearing on TV. Well, apparently news came out that he had been suspended for those two weeks after a backstage altercation, after a promo by Sammy Guevara that fat shamed Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston uh, apparently pie-faced Sammy Guevara backstage and that led to him getting the suspension. Obviously, as we were just talking about, the you know, backstage drama happening in AEW right now that kind of the rumor mill started with the whole Hangman Page, CM Punk stuff, and now we're going even further here. Uh, it's... Definitely a bad look 
despite what I said about the water cooler talk being dominated by AEW in part because of this, there's a lot going on backstage in AEW right now. And not all of it seems to be good. Uh, do you think this will have be an issue going forward? I would like to think that it won't be. Eddie Kingston, for as rugged as he is, he's an adult and he's about business. Sammy Guevara, he's about his business. He's an adult. But I don't think he's as mature as Eddie Kingston. He's young. Uh, and when you look when you look at Twitter and the social media, how really this all came out and how people found out about this was because Sammy Guevara ran his mouth on Twitter over the incident, mm-hmm. which led to Eddie Kingston having to make a reply. If you look at what Eddie Kingston had said, it looks like it's water off a duck's ass already with him. Absolutely. Uh, here's here's the, the two tweets, the two most recent tweets he's made about it uh, a couple of days ago. He said, the, the last thing I will say about my suspension, I was wrong, uh, in the wrong for touching another man's face, let it go. And then uh, later on, he would tweet, I guess after getting more stuff about it, he would say, fuck it, okay, then after this, I'm chilling, but leave Sammy alone. Because fans were attacking Sammy. In the court of law, he is the victim. Let it go and leave the kid alone for real done with this and i think you're right right there like he is sort of being the bigger man he's a professional what happened happened he had his he got his bit in with his pie face and now it's water under the bridge now we move on now we be professional yeah and with all that being said i mean i also understand though the point in which eddie kingston was in I've been a big guy my entire life. I cannot go to a bar without there being three stages throughout the night with smaller people who come up to me. Stage one, wow, you're a big dude. I'm going to stick close to you all night. Stage two, I'm going to get a little bit too friendly with you. And stage three, by the end of the night, they're calling you fat ass and every name in the book, and then they try and fight you. Right. That's just how it is. Now, in terms of working with somebody backstage who's harping on your weight. Unfortunately, this seems to be ever staying when it comes to Eddie Kingston. It was a part of his feud with Chris Jericho. Um, not, I don't think it happened like that, so I'm not going to say it just in case I am wrong. But it happened with Chris Jericho. And now Sammy Guevara feels like maybe he got the free pass to use it because he's in a stable with Chris Jericho. I don't know. Either way is, you know, when you, you, somebody harps on your weight so much, whether it's a shoot or a work, I mean, it starts fucking with your head. I mean, yes, you wake up every morning, you see in the mirror that you're a little bit overweight. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, Eddie Kingston's in the ring doing things at his size most people who are in good shape would be blown up doing after 10 minutes. So it's very interesting that this even gets brought up at all, especially backstage or in. Well, and there, there was a report by Fightful that I remember seeing too, where uh, apparently it wasn't just the fat shaming in that one, that one fat shaming comment in that promo that didn't make air, by the way, it was taped for rampage and they cut it out. And uh, apparently it was more than just that. It was it was a little bit... Because apparently Kingston had actually asked to work with Sammy. 
and you know they were building up for that for all out but apparently and they talked to each other about you know what you can say and what you can't say in a promo and all this don't say this about me but this is fair game and all that stuff um and i guess kingston i guess there's a whole bunch of stuff leading up to that comment and you know Guevara's the look on his face afterwards it was a whole bunch of things rather it wasn't just the one comment but it was it was kind of a storm of things that led up to the altercation according to this report from Fifle. but uh yeah certainly that was probably the the exclamation point for sure and, and you know it, it's no secret if you want to talk about heel power couples Sammy and Tay, or Sammy and Ty, however you want to say it, have no hard time getting heat just based off their actions alone. So it's really interesting to see just how much more the fan base is turning against them. Now, shoot on how this is all playing out. All right. The question is for you guys watching. What do you think that of what is going on in the AEW locker room right now? Do you think it could be good for business or could be turned to be good for business? Do you think it's a black mark on AEW? Everything with uh, Hangman Page and CM Punk and now Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Let us know what you know. Let us know what you think down below. All right. Thunder Rosa on Dynamite in a backstage segment with Tony Schiavone announced that she has, due to an injury, she will not be able to compete at All Out. Uh, So instead, we will have a fatal four-way at All Out to crown an interim AW Women's Championship. What do you think of this news that Thunder Rosa, and it looks like it could be a while, uh, we've got a, it sounds like it's going to be a slipped disc. That's what was reported for Thunder Rosa. Uh, what do you think of this uh, unfortunate news? It is sad that Thunder Rosa is going to be out of, of all out. I mean, love her or hate her, she is a top tier female competitor in the AEW locker room. However, this goes into whatever the hell toxins they're putting in the water in AEW. You know, it's also reported that she's not the most pleasant to be around backstage More either. Backstage that may drama. Have something yeah. to do. It may may have something to do with her taking in on top of rehabbing the back injury. With that being said, this is awesome for many reasons as well. You're going to get the showcase for women that are extremely talented on your roster. If I'm not mistaken, it's Tony Storm, Britt Baker. Kirishita, is that right? I believe so. Let me uh, look it up here. I should have had this ready. Uh, Well, I gotta, I gotta prove that I'm not a robot. So go ahead and continue talking for a second. All right. And yes, before people start raging, but we've already seen. Hikirishita, and we've already seen Britt Baker in this position. Tony Storm, for the most part, has been kind of a quiet non-factor on the AEW roster. Um, 
Yeah, Tony. But going back, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. Yep. Now, see that adds an interesting dynamic to Jamie Hayter being involved in this match because you know they're all factioned up together and everything. So I wonder if we'll see any outside interference from uh, maybe Athena. Interesting. We'll see. There's a lot of interesting uh, wrinkles to this. There, it was reported that Tony Storm was going to win the world championship at All Out uh, before this news, when it was just going to be her versus Thunder Rosa. Do you think uh, we end up with the same result here? I mean, you kind of put yourself in a position where you have to. Um, as far as Jamie Hayter, I know she was beloved on the indies. I don't know much about her outside of what she's done in AEW. Um, Karushita, we've seen her. We know what she can do. Britt Baker, fantastic champion. I mean, she can draw heat anywhere. She can draw love anywhere. Tony Storm, however, uh, she is just coming into AEW. She's oh. I would be okay with it. I mean, she's going to be running the ball for your company on the women's division. She has the look. She has the talent. I just feel like there's so many women who are in AEW who kind of deserve to be jumping over her. There is a lot of stuff um, and a lot of talk out there, especially in the AEW women's division, where we've had a lot of women come in. Uh, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, and a few others that they get their big, you know, return or their big debut, and then they never really get a whole lot to happen to them after that. They kind of fall by the wayside. It, hopefully, that doesn't hope happen here with Tony Storm. I'd like to see her continue on. Now, it's it's tough to compare sometimes the AEW Women's Division to the WWE Women's Division when the WWE has six hours of primetime TV versus just the three hours for AEW. They got half as much TV they need to produce. So sometimes when a Ruby Soho pops up on AEW Dark or Dark Elevation, that's just the way it's going to happen because there's only so much time to go around. But certainly, you know, you have higher hopes for some of these people. There's no mistaking, there's a dearth of talent, women's talent, in both companies right now and there's so many you want to see get there that not all of them not all of them are going to but hopefully uh we'll see what happens here obviously Britt baker will probably be the uh favorite going into the match but uh tony storm jamie hater hikaru shida you can see really all, any one of these winning it which is a great position to be in for a pay-per-view match Absolutely. Maybe we get some of that um, weird magic of an accidental pin from, from Jamie Hayter that makes her the AEW champion. Or Britt Baker. Um, again, the, any plethora of things can happen with this, and it's going to be interesting to see. For sure. All right. The next bit of news we have here, something uh, that broke just after we recorded our show last week, was that Jeff Jarrett had quietly exited his position as uh, the WWE Vice President of Live Events. Uh, just a couple of days ago, it was announced that his roadie, of all people, will be replacing him. Uh, Brian James is the new WWE of 
vice president of live events, otherwise known as the Road Dog, Jesse James. We've got yet another DX member becoming an executive in the WWE. What do you think of both Jeff Jarrett leaving and being replaced by Brian James? Well, I'm going to start off with a poll question for all the viewers down in the comments. How long do we have until X-Pac becomes vice president of Saturday Morning Cartoons? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I texted you as soon as this news broke Sunday night after we recorded. You know, J-A-R-R-E-T-T is D-O-N-E. It's really interesting, too, man, because he's becoming a hot commodity again. A lot of eyes are back on him after Ric Flair's last match. You and me commented on how great a shape he's in for being 55 years old. Let that sink in. I mean, there's so many options out there for him to, you know, there's matches out there for him to still have. I, we talked about um, the Effie versus Jeff Jarrett two match that was built up for so long, but got canceled once Jeff Jarrett assumed this position with WWE. Um as far as him getting replaced by the actual performer of Be My Baby Tonight, uh, it's kind of weird how life imitates art sometimes, isn't it? I was surprised that I didn't see more people bringing it up that Jeff Jarrett's replacement was his roadie. But it was just, oh, it's it's the road dog. I just went that direction. But uh, I think this is good news. Uh, Brian James... He was one of he was a big part of NXT of Triple H's NXT, who was released after Triple H's cardiac event. Uh, one of the names that were Triple H's guys that really at that time the only one that survived was Shawn Michaels. And now he's got a bigger role in the company now that he's back, and I'm I think that's a good thing. If he was such a big part of NXT when NXT was doing really good stuff. You know, I'm happy to see him as an executive in the company. Now, this isn't exactly as VP of live events. He's pretty much in charge of house shows. So he'll be doing the booking, I think, uh, and some of the creative for that. Um, but I think that's a really good role for him. Yeah, you know, growing up in the 90s like you and I did, if you remember some of the most entertaining parts of the Attitude Era, was Road Dog Jesse James and the badass Billy Gunn coming out. And anytime you saw Road Dog with a microphone in his hand, you knew you were about to get some chuckles out of that. Now, put him in a position, and he claims everything he said on the microphone coming out was free reign on his end. Vince let him go crazy on it. You know, of course, thinking about the sponsors and the television rating at the time. Um, but if you've ever been to a house show, you know it's a little bit looser, a little bit more laid back. The wrestlers get to show a different side of their personalities. So it's going to be interesting to see what gets made up for them on these live events. And could it be something that makes house shows interesting again? Well, I would argue house shows have always been interesting for the very reason that you said. Even still to this day... It gets talked about a lot that house shows are just so much fun or the, uh, the quote, live events are just so much fun to go to because there's not a set time limit. The wrestler can come out. They can have some fun. They can experiment. 
They can be a little more crazy, a little more over the top, and just have fun with the fans. And I'm actually, I've never really been to a house show, and I really want to go to one. So I think the next, other than the NXT show we got, I think the next big WWE show we should go to should be maybe a live event next time they do one in the Tampa area rather than, you know, a Raw or SmackDown or something like that. We might be able to afford getting a little closer to the ring, too, even though we had pretty good seats last time. Absolutely. All right. So Brian James taking over from Jeff Jarrett, the position of vice president of live events. All right, moving on. Uh, We've got the card that it uh, drops every Tuesday and Thursday, part one and part two. Uh, This week we'll be talking about the top ten WWE moments that have aged poorly. We've got a list of some pretty controversial things that we'll be talking about. Again, part one drops on Tuesday. Part two drops on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Also... I want to take this moment to let everyone know that the Buckle Bomb Show, if for whatever reason you are not able to watch on YouTube as much as you'd like, or you don't have the time to watch us on YouTube, we now have a podcast version, an audio-only version of this show on all your favorite podcast apps, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, uh, Google. It's not quite up yet. They still have to uh, verify but it should be up. Be on the lookout for it on Google if that's your choice. Stitcher, we're on there. So if for whatever reason you can't uh, watch us on YouTube, go download us on your favorite podcast app. We'll be there for you to give us a listen for your uh, drive home from work. Uh, and if you're listening to us and you find us by podcast, come to youtube.com slash Productions for the video version of the show you're listening to right now. All right. Any uh, quick jabs to the face? I know you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about in this segment. Yeah. Um, things are getting really interesting when it comes to AEW television and TV deals. Um, they've announced that they've filed a trademark for a show called All Elite Women. Uh, right now, it's unknown whether or not that's going to be in-ring content or reality-based like a Total Divas. Uh, if I had to guess, I would imagine this can end up being a reality based like Total Divas. That's just me, Tony, saying that. That's nothing that's been official or put out to the ether yet. Um, there's also talks that Warner Brothers Discovery wants another in-ring show. Uh, whether or not it's going to be on television or streaming is yet to be determined. But the evidence for this is that AEW is now booking buildings starting in October for an extra night a week. Yeah, there, that, that's some interesting news there. And I want to spin off of that real quick and clarify some things that have been put out there that I don't think are true. There was a lot of rumors going around that Warner Brothers Discovery wants Dynamite to be cut down to one hour. There are also rumors out there put out there by Meltzer, of all people. I'm not really surprised, but some people really like Meltzer and follow and listen to what he says. But a lot of people are, he put out there that there's an edict from Warner Brothers Discovery to tone down the language on Dynamite. But that wasn't quite true. I think what Meltzer was talking about and what was reported by Fightful was in, they had a talent meeting before Dynamite where they talked about a lot of different things, including 
the uh, potential uh, WWE contacting some of them that are under contract and all this stuff, and they talked about all of that. They also brought this up, and it was it wasn't about W B coming down on the on A W. I'm kind of tripping over my words here. It wasn't about W B coming down on A W about language. It was Tony Khan and management of A W just saying to the wrestlers, "Hey, we're, it's getting a little out of hand here. Let's tone it down just a little bit. We don't want T N T and T B S coming down on us themselves." But it was more of a self-policing action. It wasn't so much WB coming down on them. And I don't think it necessarily means you're going to hear the wrestlers say shit less, necessarily. But it was happening quite a bit, and it was starting to happen quite a lot. So maybe tone it down just a tad uh, so we don't have someone coming down on us. But all the word is that we're hearing and that everyone seems to be hearing legitimately is that WBD is actually really happy with AEW and with their co-promotions with... uh, say, House of the Dragon, and things like that. Was there another? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting at where we're at, uh, was it 20 years in the future now, from AOL, Time Warner, absolutely hating wrestling and wanting nothing to do with it on their networks. Right, right. It's But, again, there's so much turnover within the executives of a, of a uh, media company and that company has been bought up and bought up and bought up so many times here again just now with Discovery that, you know, even even five years after WCW was sold, there was no one in Turner that was the same that made that decision. So, but here we are. Yeah, it is, it is, it is an interesting wrinkle to see and the irony of time. Uh, anything else you wanted to discuss? All right, grab a shot of tequila and the salt shaker because this is a rumor mill, so take it with as much salt as you would like. Belt Fan Dan on Twitter is somebody who is known for breaking news about the changes in belt designs and is fairly accurate, is reporting that he is hearing rumors that Triple H is looking to redesign all belts on the main roster. Which, to me, if this is true, great. I mean, even though I have the WWE championship on my desk back here face it over the last 15 years championships in the WWE were looking a little too cartoonish I think Cody Rhodes was on to something when he was talking about bringing back the wing deep what was the name of that uh, Twitter account belt belt fan Dan yeah for sure uh... I don't mind the current WWE uh, and Universal and women's titles. Uh, certainly, they're they're very much branded, and they look better. They're certainly a, a step above what we had before with the uh, John Cena Spinner title. That was absolutely god awful, atrocious. Don't forget about don't forget about the giant butterfly. Jesus Christ. The Divas World Title, yeah, oh. but at least at least that was still kind of an old school title looking belt. These ones are a little more. I can't find the tweet from. I don't know how old it is, but oh, oh here it is. I'll bring it up here. But uh, you know, in addition to that, if there if it's 
if this does go through, it's great to realize that Triple H was in complete control of making the NXT championships. And for a while there, there was an, a popular opinion going around that the NXT championship was a lot cooler design than what the Universal title was. If you recall, the Blue Universal title. <laughs> right. Well, the NXT championship, maybe it looks a little bit better than the WWE slash Universal title. But it, it was still very much a branded title within the shape of NXT with the logo making the shape of it. And what they've done with the NXT title since, making it the sort of multicolored, rainbowish design for the to to go to fit. Quite frankly, the NXT 2.0 design I'm not a big fan of. Certainly, it gives it an interesting look, but I'm not a big fan of. But I am more yeah. I, my favorite belt's the big gold belt. You know, I know there are people out there that love the ten pounds of gold and the winged eagle, and even the Attitude Era WWF belt. There's, and you can go back, the AWA title, the uh, NWA TV title, which we see Tyrus wearing right now is a throwback. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the older school style of championship belts. But we live in an era of branding and of, uh, you know, marketing is key and you want to push that. So having that big WWE logo in the center of the belt quite frankly, especially when you give that belt to, you know, the Super Bowl winners and to, you know, the World Series winners and to the, you know, NBA uh, champions and all that stuff, and they're carrying around a belt that says WWE that has your logo on it. Why would you want to change that, quite frankly? So as ugly as, you know, some of us may think it is, it's it's not the easiest decision to change it when, when you're the biggest company in the world and that you want that logo out there. Yes, this is true, but there are also ways to make that design cooler, I feel like. Um, now, keep in mind, being completely biased on the subject, all the jewelry, all the jewels that are on the WWE Championship and Universal Championship, I'm not a fan of. I like it basic. I like it simplistic. I am a 10-pound of gold fan, but it's a toss-up split tie with, unpopular opinion, the original undisputed WWE Championship belt. That's that's not a bad so, one, yeah. You can definitely make changes to the title. Hell, even keep the front plate design the same. Just engrave the WWE on the championship rather than having all these distracting jewels that just take away from it. I'm sure, you know, you break that title, it's got to be expensive to replace it. And it's not as believable, let's say, it's used as a way to get cheap heat in the middle of a match. Uh, you mean the or the way say they uh, destroyed the TNT championship, um, but which again is another branded title that, and that's just the way it's going to look. Even the AEW championship, the World Championship, I really as a fan of the big gold belt, I really like that. But it is even that's still branded with very big AEW right in the center of the thing. You're not going to be able to get away from that, so. I don't think as as much as there was talk, especially when Cody Rhodes was doing his post uh, comeback media tour, and he was talking about when he was getting asked about what title he would bring back, and he was like, "The Winged Eagle, of course." And that is kind of the classic WWF championship. 
that everyone knows and loves that in the Attitude Era one. But it's you're not going to ever really be able to go back to that quite exactly the same. They can do a they could do a homage to that, but you're still going to have a huge WWE logo right in the middle of that thing, which that's just the sign of the times. All right, anything else you wanted to talk about? I believe that's about it. This was oddly enough after everything going on in professional wrestling, the slowest news week of all time. I mean, you had the tampering stuff last week and then after the rash of Vince McMahon news and, you know, then you have everything that's going on with Ric Flair's last match and yada, yada, yada. It's nice that maybe the uh, wrestling news junket just kind of took a little bit of a snooze. Maybe Sean Ross has on vacation. Maybe some of the wrestlers uh, smoked a joint and sang Kumbaya this week. Who knows? But all I know is it made researching for this week's show a hell of a lot easier. For sure. Actually, it made it a little harder because I'm looking for subjects and things to talk about. But all right, yeah, a nice a nice quick show here we've got for you. Let us know what you think about all this down in the comment section down below. We want to hear from you. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Buckle Bomb Show. We will see you guys next time. Make sure to check out the card on Tuesday for part one and Thursday for part two. We'll see you guys later. Proceeding announcement has been paid for by Bomb Media Productions.